what it is, what's up, uh, an anime, a podcast episode in the cut. Uh, I haven't done any manga or anime content in a minute, and uh, I kind of just wanted to drop something on the timeline real quick. I feel bad for depriving all this stuff when I'm not doing anything for most of the days, doing summer classes. Uh, currently, my voice, uh, my throat hurts. It's hurt for a couple of days, but I'm taking a COVID test. I don't have that, so I don't know. I guess it just hurts. I don't know. Uh, shout out to allergies. So what we have here, if you see by the title, chapter 129, nostalgia. Uh, so Isayama uh, has, I believe, said in an interview as of last week that I believe 5% of the Attack on Titan story is left. I take that to mean that there's probably about 10 chapters or so left, which is, I think, is something I predicted either in JoJo Lian or Attack on Titan 1 and 2. Uh, but yes, this is we're hitting a crescendo, which makes me think that the tight the, the twist, the ultimate twist that we're supposed to get is pretty much the one that we all expect to happen, which is this is all just kind of like a time loop. Uh, I don't think there's enough time left for it to be anything bigger than that, which I mean is fine. I mean, that's if we didn't have if Isayama himself didn't give us that panel uh, years back, which kind of connects the dots in itself as well as the uh, outros. If he wanted to be more secretive about this twist, he could have easily done that. He kind of from the jump let us know what it was going to be about. And once we got to this point where we knew kind of how things were about to play out, we were going to figure out. We were going to connect the dots anyway. But um, that's for later, and this is for now. So we come off of uh, Armin and Connie finally getting their balls to drop and killing some of their favorite, or um, not favorite, um, fellow fellow soldiers. Uh, they're awesome not awestruck, but grief-stricken for moments while I believe Armin needs to heal up and Connie's trying to figure out what's next to do. We get this cool panel where uh, on both sides of this ship, that's basically the lifesaver for our uh, good guys. Rainer and Annie are fighting for this, the forces of good once again. And I just want to say right now, good and bad are like concepts that aren't exactly definitive in Isayama's, uh story. We see that later on as we scroll through this chapter as well. But good and bad is kind of like it's very transitive to the, to where you're in the situation, and I think that um, that's been really Isayama's best attribute while constructing a story, flipping everything on his head whenever it, the story needs it to be flipped. I like it. So we get to this huge uh, situation where the Azumbito and the, uh, the the other Asians I don't really know what to call them. They uh they, their name is in this chapter. But I haven't got that page yet while scrolling. Uh, they revealed that currently a plane cannot get off, and if it were to stay where it's at, they'd probably more than likely die. They wouldn't have enough time to get everything done. Uh, so Azubito herself comes up with a plan to take the ship, or the, the well, take the ship, uh, dock the plane onto it, and travel it to a safe haven of a city, um, to avoid this perilous situation. And it happens, uh, the city is Odiha, and shout out to Azubito. Man, I'm telling you right now, Azubito is probably a team. Um, about 15, 20 years ago, a team, bro, a team. Anyway, um, Marley's close in terms of distance. This is uh, Zoe Hahn speaking. Wouldn't they be destroyed by the rumbling soon? Odiha is ahead of the rumbling, but staying for half a day is a gamble. That's how much time they would need to get the ship or the, the plane running. Um, and pretty much at this point, they realize it is. <laughs> Even if it's a gamble, they got nothing else. 
and everybody embarks to do their just deeds. And currently, Ani and, and Rain are getting flicked by the Thunder Spears that the Jaegers have, uh, an abundance of them. Mikasa comes in to save some tail, as she does so fluently and well. Uh, I, I think it's going to be an interesting point. So I want to uh, specifically mention this. So when Ani is told about Mikasa, they plan on taking the ship to the continent and working on it there. She says it's unsafe for here for sure, but we'll be able to beat the founding titan with that. We'll be able to go to my dad in Liberia. That aspect, the dad aspect that basically has kept her human this whole time. I, I, I'm not saying she's going to turn Pike if it seems like she can't reach her dad following Aaron or following the good side. If she has to follow Aaron to reach her dad, I'm not saying that it was something that would convince her to do that. But she really does love her dad quite a bit. That's a very big talking point with her. So it's something to keep in mind at the very least. Um, and, you know, traveling flock, the ever intelligent individual, uh, sees the Anzabito is just moving and starts trying to have a firing squad kill her off. So he makes us to step in and get rid of everybody except flock. Amazingly. God, I hate flock so much, bro. Uh, and again, flock realizes why she out there, what she must be doing. Um, Rainer and Annie come in to make sure that the Anzambito and her people don't get absolutely shot down. Um, so, you know, they save a day in that situation. But they're very clearly spent. The Thunder Spears are just too much for them, which is amazing to think of. The Thunder Spears are coming in such abundance that they could actually take out entire named Titans. Um, but Rainer and Annie are eventually taken over by the uh, Thunder Spears. And Flock, who is at this point, like Ulysses S. Grant, he's just a massive commander, man. He um, comes up with a plan to, and has the 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 morale, the the, the gusto, the um, likability to gather everybody left, make them see two uh, Titans, well, I guess three uh, on the cart Titan, uh, a bunch of fighting a, pe- a bunch of people fighting that used to be on their squad. He has it in him to convince them to go out there and fight that with all they got. And his speech, I mean, it's good speech. You know, this is his, you know, as as I just remember today, he was one of the last ones there from the fight that killed, or the, the battle that killed Erwin, essentially. Um, and he has this quote, if Aaron dies, Paradise will sing it to seal blood. Your parents, siblings, and children all die. Dedicate your hearts. If you don't get that reference, it's a reference to Erwin's speech that even musters or uh, flocks bitches up to to go help. So uh, once they start seeing the two Titans get knocked down, um, Falco, I believe his name is, Falco, I guess wants to be a hero and decides to use his jaw titan to go help him out. He runs after him. Um, General Magath is sent to help Flacco, uh, Falco, not Flacco. Uh, <laughs> so we have it to this point where it seems very dire for the, um, the, I don't know, Liberation Forces, call them that. The Liberation Force, they have the combined force of all the remaining Thunder Spears in that area going after Annie and Rainer. 
Um, they don't have many forces left to fight back in terms of like the soldiers. Uh, and then there's apparently a train coming, and suddenly the train is uh, thrown off the trails. We aren't shown who does until the end of the chapter. Uh, Gene tries to convince Falco to not be a hero. Uh, as with many things Gene does, he fails. Falco goes out there. Well, going too fast. Connie comes in out of nowhere and goes all Ackerman. He just kills like like five guys off of rip. Just Ackerman Connie. Uh, and just they thought they got Connie. <laughs> Mikasa and uh, Zoe come back and take out some of the, the rest of the, the fat. Uh, and Gene pops back up. I mean, this is a whole like team. This is bop, bop, bop. The whole team comes back together, has this badass moment. If we hesitate, comrades will die. They've completely become the soldiers that Levi was or is. They understand the mission has to happen. They've emboldened themselves and they're out here. I mean, everybody's fighting. It's cool. Uh, Flock is worn by the impeding forces uh, and they just have one last stand protected our island, our country. Uh, just as they, I guess they're about to pretty much send everybody to hell. Um, the Cart, Titan, Connie, Mikasa, Zoe, John, Falco transforms and he really acts more uh, as a uh, deterrent than he is, like an actual control fighting force. It's his first time transforming, I believe. So he um, is kind of unaware of how to use it, as I believe Aaron was as well. Um, and yeah, now they are collapsing. It's now or never. Uh, Falco's rage-induced rent kind of forces everybody to just go wild or crazy. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, all of that does not stop the almighty flock from going out there, getting a free, unimpeded shot on the ship with a thunder sphere, one in which nobody could stop him except... It's... Oh my god, man. This chick right here, bro. <laughs> the Arya Stark uh, attack on Titan, Gabby, once again gets another kill shot on somebody who could change the world. Now, may we don't know if it's a kill shot. I believe Isayama even wrote in such a way that you can kind of deduce it's not a kill shot. We don't see Flock get oblivious. Uh, Obliterated, we see his arm basically written out of any kind of possible uh, survival because the uh, Thunder Spear blows up as it's shot by our queen, Arya Gabby, or Gabby Stark, I guess that's more accurate. And pretty much from that point on, I mean, the Jaegers are crushed. And just as things seem to be coming down, Falco, I'm not Falco, yeah, Falco, Falco slash Jaw Titan tries to attack the remaining. Uh, good guys, the Liberation Force, and Cart Titan has to try to stop him momentarily until Commander McGrath can soldier over and uh, take out our young future legend, Falco. 
And Falco says he doesn't kill anybody. Nobody dies. Nobody on the side of good dies, which, you know, we're, we're getting to that point where things like avoiding tropes just doesn't really hold on anymore. I mean, we got the good guy tropes, the bad guys become good guy tropes, uh, avoiding travel for the sake of not wasting panels, um, important characters not dying until it can have a dramatic enough death. Because obviously, I mean, dying against Flock isn't very dramatic. Um, and somebody might die next chapter and Flock might be the cause, who knows. But I don't believe that we're just going to have these guys die quite yet, at least not in this example. However, one character of some value does stick behind Commander McGrath. He, uh, I think, intends on stopping the Jaegerists from being able to follow um, the Liberation Forces. They sail off with the ship and the plane. And just then, Keith Shaddis sails in, kills two uh, Jaegerists that would have liked to eliminate uh, McGaff, I think it's McGaff, right then and there. Again, travel, things like that just don't matter. I mean, he could have gotten from the, the train to over here in a reasonable amount of time with how long he's been fighting the uh, the Flock's forces. Probably, yeah. I mean, I'm not doubting that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you're avoiding travel for the sake of getting the uh, story progressed. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, what can you do? Um, and then we have this real touching bonding moment between, I guess, two similar people. We really know McGaff well enough to kind of appreciate his personality, but we do see from some various panels and uh, other tests that Shadis is very similar as a human being to to McGaff. They both get in the remaining um, ship that is clearly able to to. It's from Marley, so this technology could catch up to the the ship they have pretty easily. And they get in there. They have this really touching moment. Uh, I'm gonna light the. McGaff says, I'm going to light the gunpowder on fire. He's going to blow the ship up. If you want to dive into the sea, now's the time. Shadis replies, no, I'm good. I'm just wondering if I was going to die anyway. It's, you know, it's really funny. You know, he, he not funny. It's touching. It's funny to see his progression, I suppose. Um, he mentions any lean or changing his uh, goals, uh, so to speak. And they both, they both had this moment where they both realized that, you know, being a hard ass was you know, it was it was tough, but it was all worth in the end. They're gonna be heroes. They didn't want it. They didn't do it to be heroes, but they are going to be. They're gonna liberate the kids. Um, one is talking about Marley and kids. One is talking about Eldie and kids. But either way, they're both talking about kids. They're two pieces of the same coin just happen to be born on different islands. Shadows gives the uh, rifle to McGaff that would be used to blow the joint up. Keith Shadows. Introduces himself, you know, gives his name. Um, McGaff responds with his name. We have this touching moment where pretty much the ship comes, uh, gets blown to Kingdom Come. And we have two decently sized deaths. I mean, if you were to put this, I used Game of Thrones earlier, if you want to equate this to that series, it would probably be like, um, I wouldn't say Jorah Mormon. I guess I'd say somebody a little bit lower than that. Uh, hello? Yeah, I, so um, I record on Anchor, uh, anchor.fm uh, slash Black Bill Burr, if you want to look it up. Um, 
And I don't know, you can't edit on Anchor, which is to me a pretty uh, awful thing to not have. Um, so I had an interruption. I really wasn't talking about much at that point when I was a fan of the chapter. I thought it was a great chapter. I thought it was action-packed. Um, I think we're still in a period of time where we're not going to get any kind of crazy massive deaths. I mean, we got McGaff and, and, um, and what's his name, Shaddis, which, you know, they're like, honestly, I was going to say Jorah Mormont tied to your deaths, but I wouldn't even really give them that. They're like, they're like Mance Raider level deaths, you know, like they have some impact in the series, yes, but like, who, you know, you could really keep on moving without ever really caring about those two. Um, but that's them. I thought it was a good chapter. I'm very interested to see what happens in the next ones. Uh, because, I mean, obviously you're not going to make it to this this continent, uh, this island in the continent, unimpeded. I mean, it'd be too easy. Uh, but I'm very interested to see what Aaron is doing. They were intentionally not getting Aaron side of things uh, because he's doing some diabolical shit. And once it's time for us to get Aaron's POV again, I think it's going to be badass. Anyway, hope you enjoy. Uh, please share this. Uh, rate it on Apple Podcasts. Like it if you're on Spotify. Just tell people about this, man. I'm trying to do more anime content. Uh, I'm trying to, like, not be lazy. So please enjoy. Uh, tell me if you didn't enjoy it. And peace.